0: Um, today's reading is in two parts. The first part is from Exodus and it's chapter sixteen, and we're starting on page seventy three in the church Bibles. We're going to do uh, verses one to eight, and then we're going to skip a little bit and pick up again at verse twenty one. The whole Israelite community set out from Elim and came to the desert of sin which is between Elim and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, "'If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt! "'There we sat round pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. "'But you have brought us out into this desert.'" to starve this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in. it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning because he has heard your grumbling against him who are we you are not grumbling against us but against the Lord each morning everyone gathered as much as they needed and when the sun grew hot it melted away on the sixth day They gathered twice as much, two omers for each person. And the leaders of the community came and reported this to Moses. He said to them, This is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left. And keep it until morning. And the second part of the reading is from Matthew's Gospel, and it's the Lord's Prayer passage uh, from chapter 6, and it's on page 970, and we're reading from verse 9 to 13. (coughs) This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thank you, Joanna, for reading. I'm really excited to say that we um, have Bishop Paul coming to speak. And some of you may know a bit about Bishop Paul, others might not. Bishop Paul's married to Louise, they've got two children. Um, and Bishop Paul, with Bishop Andrew, who's a Bishop of Guildford, look after a couple of hundred churches, lots of schools, and various other things. And so he, you would expect him to be incredibly busy the whole time. But I've always been blown away by Bishop Paul's sort of presence when I'm with him. Um, he's always so encouraging to us and really excited to hear what, what is God doing there to tangibly and actively pray and to get joy from what's going on. And um, I've been really blessed by that. And Sophie for a season got to work with Bishop Paul and said, he is always joyful. And I think that is a mark of a Christian, someone who's full of joy. So we're really blessed, not just for that, for your courageous stand and all what's going on in the wider church, but for who you are and what you bring. And so can we give a massive round of applause to Bishop Paul as he comes to speak? Thank you so
2: much. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the reason for our joy. We thank you for our salvation, we thank you for Jesus, we thank you for your word to us. And we pray this morning that you would be present by your Holy Spirit as we reflect on that word and seek your teaching to us this morning and this week. For we pray this in the precious name of Jesus, Amen. Amen. Well good morning LPC. It's great to be with you. I'm so excited about this uh, invitation. And I want to begin, uh, Will began with a thank you, but I want to begin with a thank you to you, um, to to Will and Sophie, to Tom and Megan, to the staff, to the PCC, uh, and to each and every one of you, because I'm really excited about what God is doing in Leatherhead. Uh, he is transforming lives, and uh, that's what I believe I've been called to, to join him in. And it's what we as a diocese believe that God is calling us to do. Our strapline as a diocese is transforming church, transforming lives, and that's what we long to see in Leatherhead and throughout Surrey and North East, East Hampshire that uh, forms the, the Diocese of Guildford. So uh, thank you so much. As Will has said, um, I am a brand new baby bishop. (laughs) Oh my goodness. It it really does feel very, very odd. Um, I I still feel like I'm I'm sort of starting out in ministry, like I'm a a sort of curate. I still feel like that, and it, it still doesn't feel real that I got this letter from 10 Downing Street saying, will you be the Bishop of Dorking? And I thought, Lord, what are you doing? <laughs> Me? I don't think so, somehow. Um, but I know that when God calls, he equips. Um, and uh, it's just been a great six months um, just sort of learning the ropes and seeing what, uh, what God is doing uh, in our midst. a great joy. I've escaped this morning from high-level stress. I don't get stressed very easily. Um, But I'm told that two two of the most stressful things in life are changing job and moving house. Now, the changing job bit has been amazing. It's been a fast learning curve, um, but there's been no stress. It's been full of Joy, it has been full of challenge at times, but I can't really say that there's been stress. Moving house, however, has been a nightmare. And this is just a disclaimer. Um, Have mercy on me. If you leave this morning thinking that was a bit of a ropey sermon, I moved on Thursday of this week. um, And um, we're just in the place where... Um, we can find a Bible, I could find a pair of socks this morning and a dog collar, but i don 't know whether we can go much further than that at this stage. we will can 't find his dog collar <laughs> i 'll lend you one will i 'll chop mine in half, okay, and you could have half of mine um, And so, as I say, we're currently surrounded by boxes and domestic chaos. And there's something quite ironic about that as we come to our reading this morning. Uh, Give us this day our daily bread. We landed on Thursday, as I say, in our new house uh, with no bread at all. Um, We were sort of famished by lunchtime because we'd been moving boxes since six o'clock in the morning. Uh, And there was no bread at all. There was, however, 10 tins to make bread, uh, three toasters to pop it into, five enormous sets of crockery to eat it on, and 273 tea towels to wash up the crockery afterwards. Now, there is a bit of a context to this. Um, I sadly quite suddenly lost my mum about two years ago, which necessitated clearing out uh, a fairly large family house. And we only now realise, looking back, that our modus operandi at the time was to move everything from her attic into our attic, uh, which meant lots and lots and lots of boxes. But as we move into a slightly smaller house, uh, we realise that we don't have room for it all. And it's forced us to ask the question in the last 48 hours or so, why all this stuff? What do we need it for? Yes, a spare tea towel is handy, but a spare 273 or whatever to last The next five generations of the Davis family? Uh, I don't think so. And here, right in the middle of the Lord's Prayer, there's something really precious which teaches us so much about how we handle the physical stuff in our lives. I love detective stories um, and any sort of um, series that is a sort of detective series. And um, I just want to take the magnifying glass this morning, be a bit of a Sherlock Holmes, and focus in on four things that uh, I notice in this text today. And I always make an apology because I preach to myself. It's, it's for me, this sermon. But do listen in, and if there's anything that resonates with you, then um, I hope that's helpful. The first thing I notice is about giving First word here is give. I don't know about you, but I find that word quite difficult. I find it really difficult to ask anybody for anything, actually. Um, and, it, and it's perhaps a fault. So um, so quite a few times over the last few days, uh, somebody has said to me, a remover or something, said, let me help you with that. No, 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 I can manage. Uh, I don't, don't like to ask people for that. No, not, not because, but I don't want to bother somebody else. Notice there isn't sort of, please, may I have here. Jesus prays, give. In the same way that children say, can I have? If children need something, they ask. I mean, my definition of need and theirs might not always be the same. Daddy, I need a new PlayStation. No, you don't, actually. But here, Jesus is encouraging us in the same way to ask for those things that we need. Just like us were parents, our Heavenly Father might consider that we don't need some of the things that we ask for, but we're we are encouraged to ask. One of the stories that is really powerful for, for Louise and I in this area is that in 2006, we heard the Lord calling us from leading our first church calling us to lead uh, another church. And we heard this calling very, very powerfully. Um, but there were some practical implications for us. And um, there, there, there was a little bit of sort of vainglory in some ways because we just happened in our first church to have a house. Well, it was almost like a, a small holding, really. We had three acres of garden. We had these two children and they had an enchanted garden. It was just absolute paradise for them. And um, we said yes to this calling without knowing any of the practical details. But then we saw the house that had been provided for us. And it had absolutely no garden at all. And it was on three floors and it was not terribly safe for children. And we just thought, oh, they're going to be devastated not to have a garden. There's no park nearby we said, Lord, we need a garden. We don't want three acres, but, but give us a garden. <clears throat> Thinking, well, that's not going to happen, is it? And then just at the 11th hour, uh, as we were due to move, actually it was about 10 days before we were due to move, I had a phone call from my archdeacon saying, I've got bad news for you, Paul. Um, we've just had a surveyor into your new house, and it's been condemned. LAUGHTER And I thought, oh, that's awful news. (laughs) That's dreadful news. Might that mean that actually the new one will have a garden? And it did. It wasn't three acres, but it was absolutely perfect. Just what we wanted. God encourages us to ask. And so often when we ask, uh, he gives. Sometimes not in the way that we expect. But he knows what we need and he rejoices in our asking. Second thing I just want to notice is the word us. Give us. And I think this is so incredibly significant because Jesus isn't just praying for himself here, he's praying for others. I love doing school assemblies. I don't know whether any of you here are teachers. When I started in ministry, it was the thing that terrified me most. My boss said, right, you're going in to do a school assembly next week. Oh, my goodness, I was terrified, absolutely terrified. I don't think I'd been with any seven-year-olds since I was seven myself. Um, I've learned that, actually, it's quite good sometimes to feel the fear and do it anyway, because, actually, it's one of the things that I love more than anything else now. And uh, as I'm bishop for schools, this brings me great joy. Um... Apology to teachers, because um, most teachers have said to me, you know, you come in here, Paul, on a Monday morning, you wind them all up, and then we've got to wind them down, down again. But one of, my, uh, one, of, one of my sort of harvest sermons that comes out from ever so often is um, I take a, take a pack of um, chocolate digestive biscuits with me, and I call out about 10 um, Children to the front, and I distribute these chocolate biscuits. One for you, one for you, one for you, none for you, none for you, one for you, none for you, none for you, none for you, 16 for you. And of course, they're all shouting, That's not fair, that's not fair. But it is a picture of how the world's resources are distributed. I was quite struck, Tom at the beginning chose. Uh, Some verses from Psalm 24, verses from right at the end of the psalm. Um, But actually right at the beginning, the psalm begins, the earth is the Lord's and everything within it. Uh, He gives to us and he expects us to share. We've got a room in our new house, which is absolutely full, jam-packed of furniture that we just haven't got room for. And Louise said, oh, shall I put it on Facebook Marketplace or something? And I said, yeah, good idea. And then actually, that verse from the beginning of Psalm 24 came to me. No, don't put it on Facebook Marketplace. It doesn't belong to us. Let's give it to somebody who has less furniture than we do. I repent of the times when I haven't done that in the past. We are called to share. It's a prayer that we, not I, may have what I need. Food bank, by the way, I think is a really practical way that we can share bread with those who don't have it. Um, it's It's a political tragedy that we have it, but it is one very practical way in which we can share bread with those who don't have. Give us... Then this day, I think one of the gifts that Christian faith gives us is a perspective on time. One theologian says that one of the remarkable things about Jesus' ministry was that he was remarkably present in the moment. And I wonder whether that's partly because he knew he didn't need to worry about the future. He didn't need to worry about his earthly future because he knew that his heavenly father would always provide. And he didn't have to worry about his spiritual future either because he knew that a place was prepared for him in heaven. And actually, my sense is that this prayer is a call that our lives might be similarly liberated. We do not need to build bigger barns or drawers to keep tea towels, for God will provide for all our needs. That doesn't mean that we don't have to plan for special occasions or for retirement or whatever, but it does mean that we don't have to obsess. Give us this day. And then finally, our daily bread. Notice once more that the bread is not mine, but ours. There is a question here about those who don't eat bread. Uh, I have lots of celiac friends. uh, And I also have lots of friends who realise that they've eaten too much bread in the past and need to cut back. uh, In some cases, quite radically. So what does this prayer mean for those who don't eat bread? Well, bread is a real, really important symbol here, and it doesn't just actually mean the substance bread, although uh, it does too. Um, there are three elements of symbolism here that are really important. It's firstly about physical survival. It's about our physical needs. When God sent Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden, he said that Adam would work and sweat for bread. And that pointed to growing grain for our need to survive. And there's something really significant there about the partnership between us and God. I love the prayer at communion where um, it it, it recognises that actually uh, the bread is both a gift of God, but also the work of human hands. So there's a lovely partnership there uh, in, in the creation of provision. So there's something about physical survival. Um, there's something also really important about fellowship. And again, going right the way back to Genesis, uh, Abraham used his bread for hospitality when he shared the bread with uh, the three visitors and Jesus gave thanks and broke bread several times in the New Testament in fellowship with others. So something really important about, about physical survival, something really important about fellowship. And then thirdly, something really important, and perhaps most significantly, about covenant relationship with God. The grain offerings and the bread on the altar in the Old Testament were part of the covenant symbols between God and the Israelites. Now, of course, in John's Gospel, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And in saying that, he brings these three elements together. He is saying that he is the source of life. Of our physical survival. He is the one who enables fellowship with both God and each other. And He is the new covenant through His blood in which we have access and relationship with the Father as we share in His death and resurrection. we are enabled to walk through the gateway to abundant and eternal life so something i give something about us something about this day and something about the significance of daily bread what's what's actually going on behind um, behind the bread bit so i wonder what god's saying to us this morning through This line of the Lord's Prayer. Well, I know he's saying to me, Paul, you do not need 273 tea towels. He's saying, travel light. He's saying, you can depend on me. He's saying, I can and will provide for you through the living bread, which is Jesus. I will provide for you physically and practically through the bread I put on your table and I ask ask you to cooperate with me in ensuring that there is bread on other people's tables too. But I will also provide for you spiritually through the bread of life, the one who became the bread so that he could be the source of nourishment and fulfilment for all people. And all you need to do is to ask. You don't even need a please. Give. Lord, give me. I'm going to set some homework today. That ensures I won't be invited again. Um, I know it's half term, but just a bit of homework because it is Lent. And Lent is a time... Uh, The 40 days of Lent is a time where traditionally, as Christians, uh, we really try and focus uh, on deepening our relationship with with the Lord. Um, And so perhaps just a challenge for you, not homework, maybe to spend a bit of time this week just asking God to show you what you need to leave behind, to travel lighter, to depend on him for your daily bread, both physically and spiritually. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are a God of abundance. We thank you that you have given us abundantly and most supremely in Jesus, the bread of life. As we reflect today on this line of the prayer that you taught us, give us this day our daily bread. We pray that you would enable us to trust you, to depend on you more each day for both our physical and our spiritual nourishment. For we ask this in the precious name of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.